Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hamahimulin Jr. It's bowl season, baby. Joining me on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Howdy, partner. What up? I'm taking the uh, <laughs> the Texas uh, the Texas side of things. We got the Aggies <laughs> and the Utes are headed down to Texas. You know, things are bigger down in Texas. Things are bigger down in Texas. The football fields are bigger. The food is bigger. <laughs> the onion rings are bigger. They're bigger. Uh, no, um, we uh, we found out where all of the teams are. I guess in BYU's case, who the opponents are for the bowl season and uh looking forward to that um but first i want to mention we're sports beat after hours we are brought to you by kslsports.com check out kslsports.com for all of your um needs in terms of sports i mean if you're trying to need to consume get up for the big game yeah if you're trying to get up for the big game that's where you got to go that's where you gotta go. That's where you gotta go. We got BYU, Utah, Utah State, Weber State. They're still fighting, clawing away in the FCS playoffs. Great, great, great. We got Jazz coverage. The Jazz with a great win last night over Memphis. Uh, things are. I think that they're they they adjusted the rotation a little bit. Things are looking good. They they actually looked happy for like the first time in like six games. It's because they were killing it. Yeah, and. It helps when you're playing Memphis. And to be fair, they were a John Morantless Memphis. Yeah. But, you know, we'll take it. No, we'll we'll take anyone we can get right now because they are few and far between. Yes, sir. We need some dubs, baby. We need some dubs. Um, But, yeah, let's talk about uh, the exact bowl destinations for the Utes, Cougies, and Aggies. Okay. Um, Utah headed to the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. And we play in Texas. A College football blue blood, um, one of the most iconic programs in college football history. Not great this year, seven and five, but they do have an electric quarterback. Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. is great. Um, it's going to be a nice challenge for that Utah secondary. Uh, kind of disappointing to, you know, be an eleven win team, be left out of the college football playoff, or even out of the. I guess the college football playoff was out of the question. Mm-hmm. In this case, after the loss, but you know they were one spot out from going to the Cotton Bowl. Um, they fell seven spots, yeah, and um, or excuse me, six spots and seven in the AP poll, six in the in the college football playoff ranking. Mm-hmm. If they don't get, if they stay above Penn State, they get that number ten seed. They're playing Memphis in the Cotton Bowl, and all of a sudden, this doesn't seem so disappointing, but. Now they're going to the Alamo Bowl, which does have good history, and it's not it's not bad. No, know? it's it's not bad. Like RG 3s played in it. Um, like yeah. a top eight Colorado played in it in a few years ago. There's been some really good games that have happened there, but when you look at the context of everything, like right, it's the it context. is kind of disappointing. They're playing an unranked team. Yeah, I would have liked to see them play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been cool to see like Zach Moss and Chuba Hubbard. Like go head to head, two of the best running backs in the country. See, you get the most yards. Yeah, so um, you know, it not all is lost. I think they're going to get a win. They're going to be able to get to that twelfth win. Yeah, um, it's going to be a nice way to send off these seniors Mm -hmm. on a high note after a very disappointing appearance in the Pac-12 championship game. And um, plus, you know what, Texas has Whataburger. San Antonio (laughs) is like a really good food scene. Yeah, man. I I was just going to say like. 
couple things like my my parents stanford was in the alamo bowl a couple years ago and yeah my parents went they loved it river walks beautiful lots of places to eat you know and san antonio is like not it's not buffalo new york you know right. what i'm saying so that's that's a good thing plus they got a lot of swag over there like the players will get hooked up they have some good player bags over there so you know it's not all bad for the youths yeah like there are so many components that go into like your bowl game number one is opponent yeah like you want a good opponent number two you want a good destination number three is you want good swag like sure you want like a nice ogo bag you want like some gift cards to best buy or something you know and if i recall correctly they're gonna get um ipads and yeah. beats. I think that's what my brother got. Yeah, like that's awesome. Like I remember um the Las Vegas Bowl when it was sponsored by Vizio, like gave everyone like a thirty two or forty two yeah. inch like flat screen TV. Like that's pretty dope. Yeah. It's dope. Um you you want good swag. Yeah. Um so hopefully, you know, it makes it worth it. It's still a pretty big in terms of like the second tier bowl games, it's one of the bigger second tier bowl games yeah. outside of the New Year Six. So you know, at least they didn't end up in the Holiday Bowl or, you know, the Sun yeah. Bowl or the Red Box Bowl or, you know, anything else right. that they could have been in. Um, and by the way, a Utah team going to Texas to play Texas, you love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. Historically, it's been good for yeah. us. So, you know, they'll they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see the jump part two, the leap part two. Tyler Huntley's <laughs> going to leap over some Texas defender. Yeah. Uh, I know that was... Uh, pretty much sacrilegious for any BYU fans out there. So let's actually turn the page to BYU. Let's go. BYU is uh, headed to Hawaii Mm -hmm. facing the Rainbow Warriors. We talked about today some of the most iconic moments in this rivalry. Uh There's a lot of them. Like the 1984 um, season was saved. Yep. Kyle Um, Morrell. Yeah. Kyle Morrell with the tackle on the goal line, diving over the center. Beautifully timed tackle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just so many, so many. Like Ty the, Detmer the, playing his first, yeah, snaps, yeah, against Hawaii. Yeah, um, BYU getting beat by Hawaii right <laughs> after they found out that Ty won the Heisman, yeah. losing that game in 2001, um, getting knocked out of BCS bowl contention. Well, I guess they were pretty much out. They were told that they weren't going to go, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's been highs and lows. A lot it's, of highs recently. Sure. Like last time that they played out there was in 2017. Um, BYU won pretty handily, if I remember correctly. Riley Burt rushed for like 100 plus yards. Yeah, that's right. Um, after Squally Canada got hurt against, I think it was UNLV. Um, that's like the Riley Burt game mm-hmm. was BYU against Hawaii, and then last year that was Zach Wilson's first start at home against Hawaii. It was after the Utah State loss. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of lit it up and I, I Hawaii was in the Mountain West championship game but I don't think that the Mountain West was pretty down this year yeah especially that West division um they did beat San Diego State so but San Diego State you know Hawaii doesn't have the same caliber defense um yeah. I think it's gonna be a good game I think the BYU is gonna get it done um I'm I'm expecting good things yeah. for that Hawaii trip plus it's freaking hawaii yeah like i'm i'm very jealous like yeah claudy made the point like i love the fact that we get to go to hawaii it's like my favorite place in the world like i'm not sad about this yeah so yeah it'll be good a lot a lot of exciting things for the cookies to look forward to it's it's a good bowl game 
to get things to to wrap things up for 2019 and to look forward for 2020. It's been an awful. Um, I mean, I use disappointing. It's not as disappointing as like Utah's loss at the end of the year, but like this this year's been kind of underwhelming. I think was what you could say. Yeah, and they have three losses that you look back at them and you question how it happened. Mm-hmm. Should they have had those losses? Probably not. And realistically, they they should have they probably should be seeking double digit wins at this point of the season. So that's what's disappointing about it is they just kind of let things slip out of their grasp. Yeah. But you know they had some good wins. They had wins that we didn't expect that they would have. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah. and you know what? It's it's something to build up on. And I can't think of a better place to do it than in Hawaii. Well, and the most important thing too with these games. Um, this is a great way to get like a head start on getting ready for like spring football mm-hmm. and the next year because you get 15 practices you're getting a lot of these younger guys are getting a lot of run mm-hmm. um uh it's a chance for you know it's a chance to get one last game with the seniors game 14 for the Utes game 13 for BYU and Utah State but it's those 15 practices go a long way and yeah. that's the most important thing it it's a reward for a successful season and it helps you for the year after that you mm-hmm. know and that's gonna be the case with utah state they're heading down to the frisco bowl it's the tropic or tropical smoothie cafe frisco bowl oh really in frisco texas <laughs> um they're playing kent state at toyota park at toyota i think it's called toyota stadium I think or is it's it Toyota Park. I think it's Toyota Park. So it's I'm an MLS stadium. It's yeah, where it's FC Dallas plays. Stadium. Only seats about seventeen thousand. Which you know, I don't hate that for a bowl game because no. a lot of these bowl games, you know, they're like I was at the Albuquerque Bowl last year, and I think they had about ten thousand people there because mm-hmm. um, they were playing North Texas. North Texas actually traveled really well, but I think it would be nice to you know kind of play in a little bit smaller venue. Yeah, it's a little bit more intimate, and it looks better on TV. <laughs> To be completely yeah, honest, you know? Sure. Yep. And it so. is a beautiful stadium. Like, it'll look good. Um, and Kent State's, like, nothing to really scoff at. Like, I mean, sure. They're 7 and 4, I think. Yeah. And um, I just looked this up. I think, if I remember correctly, because I already forgot, because it's super late. Uh, guess who played at Kent State? Uh, Julian Edelman did, right? Oh, did he? So it's not Julian Edelman you're thinking of. No. Uh I I didn't know Julian Edelman played at Kent was State. Was it Dree Archer? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Uh I was thinking about Nick Saban. Oh. Yeah. Really? Nick Saban played at Kent State. I'm not quite sure what his position was. But... He was a I think he was a defensive back in college because okay. he was like a safeties coach when he was coming up. Um Okay, interesting. But anyways, yeah. a lot of notable alumni played at Kent State. So, you know, Utah and, State has a pretty good opponent. So Dre Archer was like really good. He um it was like 2012. He was like a so he was the third overall pick in the 2014 draft. Oh wow. He was drafted by the Steelers, but like he his NFL career never really took off, but he was like really really good at Kent State. Like I I think he was yeah, he was a consensus All-American. Okay. Yeah. So th- that was like the second guy I was thinking of. So like Edelman was the first. I didn't know that about Saban. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it'll be cool. A good, uh, you know, interesting for the for the. Wonder Aggies. how much of his money that he's, of uh, the money he makes for Alabama, <laughs> he like pours into Kent State's Zero. program. 
No, just, I don't know. Do you think they ever call him for like alumni donations? They're like, please. I still get I still get calls from, from BYU. From BYU. And they're like, hey, would you like to donate? And I'm like, I always tell because I feel bad <laughs> saying no. Yeah. So what I do is I say, uh, you know, why don't you just like, could you tell me like a website that I could go to to down to like donate because I don't have a credit card with me right now? Like, do you have a Venmo? Yeah. Well, they have like a website that you can donate to. Yeah, that's funny. And so I just always ask for that website, like the URL. Okay. And then, so that way they stop calling. <laughs> um, my my least favorite. When you were in school, did they ever have like a student to student giving initiative? Yeah. I hated that. It always yeah. made me feel so awkward because like. Do you feel that you could give to a student need like, like I wasn't wealthy by any means, yeah, but like I was probably better off than a lot of other students. Yeah. Like I wasn't like living paycheck to paycheck. I had like a nice home. Yeah. Well, they, it was because my wife was making bank, but <laughs> no, it's like because I was getting those things like after I graduated. I'm like, yeah. guys, I haven't gotten a job yet. Like, yeah. Give me time. Yeah. So, yeah, the student-to-student student thing, like, I always felt bad because, like, we had... So, like, we bought a home when we were 20. Okay. Um, Like, what, or we were 20... Or, sorry, I was 20. My wife was 21. Um, And then I was, like, driving, like, a fairly nice, like, car. Uh-huh. And so I kind of felt bad about it. Like, I felt guilty. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, we didn't have extra money Yeah. to just throw sure. a couple hundred bucks to a, a student in need or anything. It was like paying someone else's tuition. Yes. You know, like I'm worried about paying my own tuition. <laughs> For sure. Like you're still, still paying student loans to pay. I was paying student loans while I was in college. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. I was still paying student, student saying, loans though. when I was in college. But anyway, that was a really random tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah, Utah State, Kent State, Frisco, Frisco Bowl. What is it called? Is it the, the Frisco? The Tropical Smoothie Tropical Cafe. Smoothie. Frisco Bowl. <laughs> okay. At the home of FC Dallas, the Toyota MLSC. Stadium, whatever it is. Yeah. Toyota Center, Toyota Area Arena. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know what? Something I do know. What? Is that I am a huge fan of The Mandalorian. And um, we want to talk the first couple episodes uh I know we keep saying that we're going to get Mac late on. Matt was so busy this week and he didn't have a chance to watch episode five yet, but he did promise that he is going to come on this week, um, next week to watch it. But uh, we're going to talk to you about why uh, Hema thinks that baby Yoda is overrated. Kill him. Hema, what do you have against baby Yoda? I hate his, I hate his little eyes. I hate his big old ears. I hate his little force using fingers. Um, I hate the way he eats frogs. <laughs> so okay. you're out on Baby Yoda. No, I love Baby Yoda. Okay, I think he's the best. Um, he, he is the best. I, I want like a real life Baby Yoda. I think, like, okay, Disney had to have done that on purpose, right? I mean, every make Disney, him so cute or what? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like every Disney movie has like a cute thing that they can turn into a stuffed animal and sell, right? And for the Mandalorian, it's Baby Yoda. Well, they weren't on... Well, I don't know if they were trying to keep it a surprise, but they weren't on top of it. Like, what do you mean? There isn't stuff to buy. Sure. Not yet. Yeah. I ordered a 
uh, Toy Baby Yoda. I really did. I ordered one for my desk here at work. It was one of those stupid Funko Pop things. Okay. Yeah. I see people with them all the time. I think they're the dumbest thing. <laughs> but then I heard that they were coming out with a Baby Yoda one. I had to get it. Yeah. So I ordered one. It's not coming till May. So the thing, yeah, that's the thing is like, okay, so I think Disney manufactured Baby Yoda to look cute so that people will want to buy stuff from Baby Yoda. But The Mandalorian came out end of November. Yeah. Like, don't you think they would have planned ahead to sell stuff for Christmas? That's the thing. I don't understand what they're thinking yeah, with they, this. Or maybe they, they didn't. My son, I, I mentioned this last podcast, my son loves Baby Yoda. He would love a stuffed Baby Yoda. Yeah. Okay, and, and I know we're going off on a tangent, not even talking about The Mandalorian, but Disney Plus, I think, since it was brand new, um, if you've looked at it and you're like a Disney fan, and I'm not saying I'm a Disney fan, but I've seen a lot of Disney movies, half of them aren't on there. Because they're on other streaming websites, right? They have yeah, they're making their way back, though. Slowly, yeah. right. And so I wonder if they were, like, wondering if Disney Plus would be a smash enough for Mandalorian to have enough popularity to be able to sell a Baby Yoda. So that's why they haven't manufactured them in mass for Christmas. They have a pretty cool shirt that says uh, Precious Cargo, and it's like a pocket shirt, and yeah. it has Baby Yoda in the pocket. That's pretty good. I think I want it. They so, have a pop socket that has Baby Yoda on it. Maybe we'll get some for Christmas from yeah. KSL. <laughs> um, so, the, okay. So, we're, if you've seen Mandalorian, I mean, if you've been on Twitter, you know about Baby Yoda, right? Everyone knows about Baby Yoda. If you've gotten on the internet. Right. So, I think it's safe to say that we can kind of skip the part of, like, who Baby Yoda is. Everyone knows who he is, right? But that's the thing. We really don't know who Baby okay. Yoda is. We, I'm sorry. We, is he know, a clone of Yoda? Is he an offspring of Yoda? We know who he is. We don't know what he is exactly like, yet. How does Yoda reproduce? Can he reproduce on his own? Does he lay eggs? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> right. Like, is he a seahorse? And he, it's like, the, the male can carry the egg, <laughs> you know, and give birth. Yeah. Or are they, like, spiders where, like, the female eats the male Yoda? Is after? that what happened to Yaddle? <laughs> Maybe Yaddle disappeared after right. episode one. Right. <laughs> um. So what? So the Mandalorian obviously loves Baby Yoda's. But here's the thing, I don't. Know. He has a soft spot for Baby Yoda, but at the same time, like, why does he keep wanting to get rid of him if he loves him? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like every episode ends with, oh, I'm going to leave Baby Yoda with this group of people, and oh, nope, never mind because people are going to try and take him or kill him. Right. Okay, so let's start there, right? So that's episode three? Episode four. Okay. So episode three was uh, where he takes him back to... Um, oh, yeah, and then he changes his mind. To, yeah, to the bounty hunters and goes and shoots up the place with yeah. the with the stormtroopers. Um, and then episode four was where they go to the sanctuary and he was going to leave him there. So... But then, yeah. The shrimp farms. Yeah, the shrimp farm. By the way, have you been to Hawaii? I've No, I haven't. Okay. So, if you ever make it to Hawaii, you ever go to the North Shore, um, it looks like the sanctuary. Oh, cool. There's a stretch of, of of farms out there that are shrimp farms. In fact, if you go to Kuku, there's like shrimp trucks. Oh, and interesting. They're, they're really famous and popular, and they get their shrimp from these shrimp farms. And it looks just like the sanctuary, where there's like oh, these cool. pools in like grassy, mossy areas that are full of shrimp. It's wild. But anyways... Uh, that's that's what it reminded me of when sh- when episode four opened and there mm-hmm. they are farming shrimp. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks just like the North Shore. And um, 
even the people there kind of look like medium Hawaiian. Like the, I thought so. The the um, widow that likes the Mandalorian, yeah. I thought she looked Hawaiian-ish. Um, when you first said, I thought you were going to say hot. Oh, I thought she looked hot, and she, I was like, Hema, she's hot for a for a widow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, um, but yeah, they the Mandalorian helps the people like um, run out these like pirates. Yeah, they, they had raiders them. that were, like, going in and raiding their village. And yeah. He helps them, and the, really weird that they had an ATST. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so at this part of the of the story of the Mandalorian, it's, like, a certain amount of years after the five fall. Five years. Is it five years? Yeah, exactly? five years. After yeah. the fall of the second Death Star? Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. And so, wow, five years isn't a lot of time. Nope. But I guess it's enough time for them to sell empire weapons that like you know after the fallen empires that's probably how they got it yeah um but didn't this episode where they like they have to like band together to help this community fight off the raiders had like a very like magnificent seven feel to it yeah which is really seven samurai oh yeah so did you know that magnificent seven is a remake of seven samurai it's uh kira kurosawa or whatever whatever his name is that Japanese director. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. So it's a I, long I movie. It's like three and a half hours long. Ugh. But yeah, Magnificent Seven. So yeah, um, it kind of had that feel. Yeah. And I know like a lot of people kind of felt that way because obviously this is a Western. Right. Star Wars is a Western. But I, did you see the guy on Twitter that was like really upset that people were saying that it was a Western? He's like, Westerns are really stealing from Japanese cinematography. Oh, I didn't I didn't yeah. see that, but I've heard that argument before. It was pretty it was kind of funny cuz it was really random and weird. Yeah. Um I think if I mean anyone that's into Star Wars knows about George Lucas's like um his influences, like the the directors and like genres that he liked and mm-hmm. incorporated into Star Wars. Like you mentioned samurai movies um are part of it and so are like western movies and so are space operas like flash gordon or whatever and mm-hmm. I, I think any star wars fan knows about this stuff and how yeah they combine it all what i think is interesting is that you can kind of see it coming to fruition in 2019 through the mandalorian mm-hmm. right and i feel like each episode has been kind of like a different genre right yeah so you got the first episode which is like purely western you know, like the searchers or whatever, where it's like wide open lens shots of like mountains or whatever. Right. And then you get like to the third episode, like you said, where it's like one of those shoot 'em up Westerns. Like, Mm -hmm. like, um, what's the one from, um, I was say it reminded me of tombstone. Yeah. Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's a great, that's a great, where they actually march back to, you know, where they came from, shot everything up. And then this episode has the Magnificent Seven, or what did you say, Seven Samurai? Seven Samurai. Yeah, feel to it. Um, do you have any guesses of like what the next episode's going to be like? Like, So, episode five, um, skipping ahead, they end up back on Tatooine. Like, this episode was just awesome, episode five. Yeah. And sorry, this is going to be spoilers, spoilers for episode five. Um, but episode five, they end up back on Tatooine. Um, and it was pretty cool because they they had so many Easter eggs. 
like yeah. the Mandalorian saying that um, the the bounty hunter or the the assassin that they were hunting had the high ground. Right. It's um, it's, it's like uh, callbacks, right? That, that, yeah, the Moss Eisley Cantina, and where Greedo and Han like who shot first? Yeah. Like they sat at that exact table. Sure, that droid so, is serving drinks. Like, yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool, and so. Um, like it's one of the most iconic, like Moss Eisley is one of the most iconic scenes in all of Star Wars. Like every anyone yeah. who has seen Star Wars like knows it. So it's kind of cool to kind of harken back to the original trilogy, but like also have like some stuff with the prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought was interesting was at the end of the episode after the assassin gets killed, obviously Mando goes back, sees her. He goes back, mm-hmm. has the whole shootout. But someone comes across the assassin's body. We only see footsteps walking who, up. Yeah. We don't know who it was. Now, here's a theory that I have. Okay, let's hear it. Um, five years before all this happened, there was another bounty hunter on Tatooine. Oh, sure. And he got uh, stuck in, what was it, the Tarlac pit? Uh, yeah. Sarlacc? Sarlacc pit. Anyway. Got swallowed but up, but you don't see it's him It's canon dying. that he's still alive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I'm talking about Jango Fett. Jango Fett's still alive. Okay. And he could possibly still be on Tatooine for the last five years. I'm wondering if maybe... Oh, no, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you said Jango. Sorry. Jango Fett's the dad? Yeah. Oh. Jango okay. Fett got his head cut off. Jango Fett got his head... Cut. Okay. So it was Boba Fett. Right, right, right. Okay. So that's my theory is that it's, that it's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Dude, that'd be so crazy. That'd be pretty cool. Um, that'd be so cool. And now, so I haven't... Because neither of them are really true Mandalorians. That's the thing that neither Mando or Boba Fett are true Mandalorians. That's true. And so I wonder if that would be something that kind of plays into it a little bit. And it's interesting you say that because um, Boba Fett is Mandalorian by blood, but not by birth, if that makes sense. Because, like, he wasn't born, right? Yes, he's he a clone. cloned. Um so that means, like, if, if if Mando is, like, word on the street is that he was, like, adopted into the Mandalorian um, culture, and that's kind of why he's so strict. Like, that's why he wouldn't take his helmet off in the sanctuary. Like, that's mm-hmm. why he wouldn't do all these certain things. Um, that would be really interesting to have Boba come back and for those two to, like, comment on, um, you know, identity, like, who you are, like, who you are is who you think you are, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's if people perceive you otherwise, like how people perceive like Boba Fett isn't a real Mandalorian, or Ma- or Mando wouldn't be a real Mandalorian, like right? Sort of They're thing. both, yeah. That'd be really interesting if that happened. Um, but what I was I was curious about, like you know, at, before we started talking about five, is like, did you see any like? influences in the way that episode five was shot, like to some kind of other movie or genre or something. Mm. I couldn't really think of anything off the top of my head, but there is like a really good plot twist in it, you know? Yeah. There was a good plot twist. Um, I don't know. I thought, no, I was going to say maybe like a little bit of like a, buddy cop movie but like it was too dark oh, there wasn't sure. enough humor for that like when the two are looking for the bounty yeah. girl originally yeah yeah that's true it like, did have a buddy cop vibe but I know it's like not a buddy cop thing but right it was too dark for that like I felt like 
I don't know, maybe um, Nick Nolte's character, which iconic or ironically, you know, Nick Nolte was in Forty Eight Hours with Eddie Murphy, which is a pretty iconic, <laughs> yeah, um, like buddy, buddy cop, cop movie. But I don't know. I I don't really know. I can't really pin yeah. down any specific influences for this episode. I think that it was just more of a harken back to like Star Wars itself, like fan service. Right? Yeah, I think that's what it was, and that's Makes maybe sense. where it got more of its influence from. I mean, we 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 know like you know, Sanctuary Sanctuary was um, directed by uh, what's her face? You said her name last pod. Um, oh yeah, Ron, Ron Howard's daughter. What is her name? Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, this director I didn't recognize, so I have no idea what I think he's he did uh, one of the earlier um, oh, episodes the of the episodes? show. I can't remember what his name is, but I okay. remember hearing someone mention that. But, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I it was kind of a slower episode. I think that we're getting to the point where things are going to start to pick up again. I hope so. I hope the episodes also get longer, because I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Because they've asked... They've made us ask a lot of questions, and they haven't really answered yeah. any of them, really. Yeah. Like, we don't know where Baby Yoda's from still. We don't. We haven't seen Mando yet. We still don't know where they're actually going. Right. And and then you got the new guy with his footprint, uh, footsteps or whatever, the shot of his feet. Yeah. Like, who was he? Like, we don't know. Yeah. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered, and it'll be episode six this week. Yeah. And there's like eight or nine episodes total. There's nine, yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like it's so we're two thirds of the way through almost. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, anything else you want to say about Mando? I'm excited. No, you know what? I do want to delve into Star Wars a little bit because okay. I've been going through rewatching the prequel trilogy. I have too. And so we've been having some conversations. Yeah, I don't think the prequel trilogy are are as bad as people think they are. What's bad is the CGI. Yes, the okay. CGI <laughs> is so bad, and we talked about this. Yeah, like before we came up, but. I what I'd really like to see Disney do is like pour like a billion dollars into yeah. Star Wars and redo the CGI. Like you have the stock footage of like the green screen stuff. I, I assume. Like right. I imagine like anything from like nineteen eighty on, like they oh, have like all the original tapes. Like it's in a Absolutely. vault. Go back and just re render everything. Like everything. You, like the aliens, the the animals, the cities, like all of it just looks so bad. It's so dated. And it was cutting edge in 1999 and 2002 and 2005. Like, it looked really good. But now it's just it's horrible. Like, it's like the comparison I make is that if any of you have Disney Plus or if you have the original Toy Story, watch that. Yeah. That's exactly The original what it's like. Toy Story is not from a story standpoint, but no. from, like, a graphic standpoint is so dated. It's garbage. It's so bad. I'd really, really, really like to see them go back and fix this for star wars for sure and i don't care how much money it costs yeah like disney has so much money yeah oh they print their own money yeah. it doesn't even matter like okay so is that your biggest nitpick is the cgi i i think the acting's pretty bad too yeah you can't fix um that. unless they you can't fix people. that but what is fixable i don't even know that they need to cut out jar jar okay well yeah you, he you serves can't. a purpose yeah like he was a pawn in the Emperor's plan, you For know, sure. he was a pawn in Palpatine's plan, but something that they can fix is the CGI. Like, yeah, I remember thinking Yoda like looked so real when it first came out. Like and the now original you go, trilogy or the the prequel trilogy. 
Like when he's fighting Count Dooku. Yeah, okay. but it does not look real at no, all. It looks not in bad. the least bit. Like it's pretty bad. Even like what's even worse, I think, are like the cut ins with the original. Like like when Han's talking to Boba Fett or not Boba Fett, sorry. Um Job of the Hut. Yeah. And he like steps on his tail or whatever. Yeah. Like Han next to Boba Fett uh why do I keep saying Boba Fett? Han sitting next to Jabba looks so bad. Yeah. Because Han looks like Han and Jabba looks like a freaking smooth, just it's awful CGI. Yeah. Um, they also need to fix Han shooting. Yeah, I don't, that's the thing that has also bothered me is like, I I know I'm advocating to go back and fix stuff, but like don't do what George Lucas did and ruin it because right. he ruined the original like this trilogy. legacy of like what the original trilogy was because he went back and like put in all these things and even changed the plot right with hand hand shot first right we all know that yeah it, it's and it's they need to go back and fix that somehow I don't like know I would love if Disney Plus gave an option to view the original trilogy the way it was originally directed like how it debuted Ooh. in theaters and, yeah that'd be great yeah in fact I don't even think like. How would you even find that? Like you can't unless you live like next to an old VHS like movie store. No, you can't find you it. You can't find them anywhere. Yeah, and so I don't even have a VCR anymore. I, we mentioned last podcast. I don't even have a DVD player. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I would love to see those fixes be made. You're right. I I bet they're on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. I guarantee someone has them on YouTube. They're on Pirate Bay somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's all I have, though. Okay. I just wanted to get up on my soapbox and just kind of sure. complain about that. Um, yeah, they're, the prequel trilogies are better than people think. The one thing I'm actually bad. really excited to revisit, I haven't seen episode eight since I thought, saw it in theater. That's true. That's the only it's Star Wars on movie Plus that I haven't yet. rewatched. It's not on Disney Plus yet, which is interesting. Yeah, it's elsewhere. I think it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Oh. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, though. Oh, I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I also wanted to share with you. I didn't. I don't think I've told you this yet. I've started listening to some of the legends, like canon. I know it's not canon anymore since Disney bought Star Wars, but I've been listening to the um, Heir to the Empire trilogy. Have oh, you heard cool. of that one? I haven't. That's like the Thrawn series that everyone talks about, and I'm in the first book. Um, it's really good so far. But I can see how it's not canon because, yeah. like, in the books, like, Leia's pregnant with twins. Right. And we st- we still don't know until episode nine comes out if she had twins. Or yeah. Or if she just had Ben Solo, you know. So, um, but anyways, that's that's a different perspective that I'm, I've been enjoying while waiting for the new Star Wars to come out. So, what episode are you on in your rewatch of the old movies? Um, Anakin just got cut in half. Okay. Episode three. So okay. Um, yeah. Like, have you been going in order? Like, yeah. I. You know what? I actually last time I did it, I did like the butcher order where you watch like four, five, one, two, three. Okay. And then come back to six. I did that before seven came out. Okay. Um, and that was the last time I watched, rewatched, all six. Gotcha. Original and prequel trilogy. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna watch all eight, and then, and then I think I'm what I'm actually gonna do. It's probably watch Solo next, and then Rogue One. Okay. And then go four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, interesting. So yeah. I did the whole, uh, I did like the uh, chronological slash um, 
what would it be called when it's an order like in a release order. order there it's yeah the release order chronological order like hybrid where you watch uh four five six then you go one two three four five six. Oh, okay and then you do sorry um one two three solo four five six or oh, sorry rogue one four five six right where does hans uh, you do, so it goes solo Rogue One. So you do basically you do a four, five, six, and then you go chronological. Gotcha. Uh, and I can't think right now. My mind's all hazy. So but. one, two, three, solo, Rogue One. Yes. Four, five, five six, six, seven, eight, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing. So I'm cool. on. I've already did the the original three, and I'm back. Um, just finishing the second um, viewing of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, cool. So. Um, then I just have to do Return of the Jedi again and then start the, the new ones. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for the new Star Wars. Yeah, I am too. I uh, The Mandalorians brought me hope. So, yeah. Um, but, um, I guess uh, Mando helped me, Mando. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take this out with that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. Um thank you for listening and spending all this time with us um remember to check out all our other podcasts at kslsports.com for sports beat after hours i'm Hemi Mula jr he's zachary hicken good night everybody i've spoken